Hey there. This episode originally aired on my Patreon many months ago, so some of the information might be a little bit outdated by now. If you'd like to check out episodes as soon as they come out, you can join my $3 tier over there, or you can subscribe to check out full episodes coming here eventually. Either way, the choice is yours. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pat's Creative Podcast, episode 10. Uh, Today, I'm joined by my very lovely Christmas sweater uh, that I got for a ugly Christmas sweater organization. When I say organization, I just mean like family event. Um, I got this thing and, uh, when I was getting it, I was like, you know, I could get one that's a little bit cheaper or tackier that doesn't have as many layers or whatnot. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this one because I know that I can also use it for video purposes later. Um, so I figured Christmas coming up, I'll wear it. Why not? Right. Uh, in all seriousness, in all seriousness though, uh, I'm not joined by any guests today. It is just myself. I haven't done a solo Pat's creative podcast, uh, since episode two, which was probably way back in july or something because i believe i started this in june um and basically i had a guest lined up for this time uh there was some scheduling conflicts and ultimately it's been postponed and then i got a backup guest uh talon uh unfortunately scheduling conflicts there too so that has to be postponed as well uh so i kind of got left uh before right before the podcast window and i was like you know what uh let's just do a solo episode so i'd rather do that than delay the episode um we have a special episode on social media coming up at some point uh, and how that affects creativity, but I didn't want to uh, do that without my buddy talent because I imagine we both have a lot of interesting things to say and it's too exciting of a topic to just do by myself, right? Um, so I'm just here with you guys today. Um, I think this is kind of interesting though because I, I feel almost a little bit more connected to you guys when it's just me. I don't really know why. It's not like you're on the other side talking to me back, <laughs> but... Um, that said, you can at least comment, which is not the same thing as talking, but if you want me to go any further into any topics talked about today, feel free to leave a comment and I'd love to continue the discussion further. Um, obviously I love doing this stuff, so it wouldn't be a burden or anything. Uh, what I'm going to do today is I simply, uh, was looking, uh, on the old interwebs for a list of questions that I could ask myself, creative questions specifically. Um, and I found this interesting one. Let me pull up the website real quick so I can read it off. Um, it's from uh, csun.edu, uh, and it's called Questions to Ask Creative Individuals. I'm sure if you Google that, it'll pop up. And it's got a list of, like, tons, like like probably uh, 150 or so questions, creative questions. Some of them look pretty good. Some of them don't look as good. Uh, but I just randomized the whole list, and I'm going to be reading them to myself, giving them my answers. And I'll probably be skipping a bunch of the questions that I don't think will make for interesting discussion, right? So we're just going to jump right in. Um, I've got it randomized over here. The first question on the list is, with respect to your creative activities, what has been the greatest obstacle that you've had to overcome? Yeah, so um, I've talked about this quite a bit in previous podcast episodes. I definitely did not have a handle as to uh, a handle on my own ability at given points of time when it comes to creating. Um, you know, you, you always, you always learn from other people to like aim for the stars, right? Dream big and, 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 and make your dreams come true through brute force or whatnot. Uh, and that's not necessarily bad advice, but it can be taken in the wrong way. It can be taken to the point where all laws of reality are suddenly overshadowed, uh, by this level of ambition. And if that ends up working out for you, great. It's not something I would entirely advocate, I would advocate uh, creating in reality because that's where we are, right? We live in an actual world and um, as much as we might think like, boy, it'd be really great to be a movie director. It'd be really great to be a, uh, to sell paintings at a gallery or something. Um, you know, 
uh, one thing I've mentioned previous episodes is just that the the smaller you make your goal, the more narrow that goal is, the less likely that you're going to be able to make it, right? And that's not supposed to be demotivating. It's just supposed to um, help you understand that even though there there might be a particular position that you prefer over all the others from afar, um, it's important to remember that there are so many different creative positions out there. And it could very well be that you'd be happy with something not as narrow as being a uh, painting seller at a gallery or a uh, movie director or whatnot. Because there's there's so many different fields that you can be in. And if you ever just limit yourself into that one thing, I think it's going to not do your work justice in a way. Because I'd like to think your creative abilities and your your creative thought and your voice is more important than a particular job anyway, than one position. Um, very, very rarely. In fact, I think pretty much never. If you're an artist, I don't think there's ever one thing you were made to do as an artist. I don't, I've never met any artist who operates that way, who, who has one, like, something they were born to do. Because it's really just not the case. Artists, what makes artists special is their ability to create, Right. Uh, and that translates to so many different mediums and so many different positions. So it's important to not lock yourself in into uh, one particular position, basically. This started off as a different question. Um, <laughs> greatest eye obstacle I overcome? I thought, like, uh, I want to do what I see on YouTube. I want to make the exact same thing, and I want to do it as well as these other people. Um, given my lack of experience, given my lack of um, even just competence and determination... Uh, not holding on to those and under and thinking I had that when I didn't uh, ended up me making starting a lot of projects that never got finished or got into fruition. Um, I don't necessarily regret making those because they were all fun and were part of the process of learning. That said, I definitely think it would have been nice if I, I had official documentation of everything that I started via them being finished, so I could see a finished bad project instead of an unfinished good project. Um, I can tell you this, that the finished bad projects are always so much more interesting to look at as over time goes on than the good projects that have just a couple of seconds finished or whatnot. That's, of course, if you're talking about movies but it, it uh, or videos, but it applies to um, other art fields as well. I don't know how many times you've looked at a painting where one quarter, one corner of the painting was done and thought, oh, you know what? Seeing that one corner, I like that way better than this complete piece over here. Very rarely do I think that happens. Um, so. All this to say, like, uh, I think it's good to try to get in the practice of finishing work. I think that's that's what kind of trains you to understand the level the level of dedication each project takes. Um, we've talked about starting small so many times, but to kind of go a little bit deeper into that, um, once you have a project done and it's in front of you and you release it and you send it out to wherever your whoever your audience is, right? Once you get it out there, um, the retention from them and the reactions, as well as just your um, your reactions to them reacting, all of that is going to help you understand better in the future how to continue that project, and you can kind of expand upon that. You can't just expand off of nothing if you don't know that nothing is possible. If you if you have this like this small idea, like oh this, th let's just make a video where I just film myself, I fade at the beginning, fade to end at the end, and then I I upload it, and then uh, you might think like. Well, that's like really easy, but if you don't entirely understand how to even just do that, 
it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to finish a much, much bigger project. So always just aim a little bit smaller and work your way towards the bigger stuff. Because trust me, like the, the experience is way better. I say, trust me as if I'm not just like a, a 21 year old uh, who's just been filming himself. But I, I, w- I would advocate uh, that you do one project at a time and slowly build up from that. And I feel like you're going to learn a lot faster that way, which is kind of weird to say, but I, I've been stuck on certain videos for several years because I thought I wanted to reach the same quality as the people at the top when I should have started a lot smaller and worked my way towards it. And I feel like I would have learned things a lot faster. So I would say that was one of the biggest obstacles I overcame was just understanding exactly what I could do at a given point in time and learning to, um, learning to stay dedicated with projects. That's such a big problem. Burnout is so real. And for a lot of people, it happens so fast. I feel like I get burnout still every once in a while, but like, I feel like for the most part, I've kind of trained myself to deal with it quite properly to the point where I'm releasing stuff quite regularly. And it's stuff that I'm happy with. It's, it's, it's content that I'm proud to produce to everybody. So I would say that was like the biggest obstacle. And that's probably why I talk about it so much. Um, what is your creative goal and how attainable do you think it is? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, oh, that is an interesting question. Honestly, my creative goal is to be able to create, get my voice out there, talk about the things I want to talk about. Uh, I want to do that, uh, and do that sustainably. (laughs) If I could, if I could make that my living, uh, my, my live and breathe, just creating, uh, and not have to worry about any side hustles, any side jobs or whatnot. That would be my creative goal. How attainable do I think it is? It's it's definitely attainable. It's just I don't know how attainable it is in the exact style I want it. For an example, right now I, I am currently working as a video editor for my school. And that is still a creative field, even if I have a list of parameters that I have to follow. It doesn't necessarily give as much of my voice that I might like. But even in formal style, it's it does show a little bit of me in it just through nature of me putting things together and certain methods I like to go about it, right? So that is technically a creative field. And if I were to be a full-time editor, um, then I don't think I would I would be so upset. I think that would still kind of get some creative itch out. I imagine I would still have hobbies like this where I just talk to uh, people and get my voice out there. Um, but if I were to have an absolute goal the 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 uh, more narrow version of my goal would just be like something similar to this. I just get my thoughts out there. I get my voice out there. I create what I want to create and I sustain from it. <laughs> and I do that for as long as I want. And if I end up wanting to retire, I end up wanting to retire. If I drop dead while creating, I drop dead while creating. Doggone it. Uh, I don't know how attainable that is. I, I genuinely don't. So um, I will compromise with whatever job comes towards me, right? I'm not super picky. And that's what I was just kind of talking about earlier. You know, you don't want to lock yourself into one position. How do you deal with creative blocks? Yeah. So we we have talked about this in the first episode, but not a ton. Um, so I'm glad it's brought up again. Uh, creative blocks happen a lot from a very daunting task in front of you, even if you don't fully acknowledge it being daunting at the time. The truth is, even idea conception, even um, conceptualizing your art projects in your head is a workload even that takes a toll on you uh, to an extent right um you might think because it's really fun and because it's expressive and it gets your voice out there that it's something that's super easy to do but the truth is you can overwork yourself just by conceptualizing ideas in your head 
Um, I've definitely run into that problem a couple times before. I'm definitely the kind of person who will, who conceptualizes all these ideas and then leaves them in my head so much to the point where it's all like cluttered in there that like, I don't feel the energy to then create them, right? Less so these days, um, things that I'm now, like I'm set on doing this podcast, right? I'm set on doing these clips. That's stuff I don't really have as much of a problem with because I am already set on it. The wheel's already rolling and I can uh, see myself doing this for a long time in the future, right? Um, but when it comes to new projects and side projects, it's really hard for me to take stuff on because by the time I'm holding on to it, my brain starts thinking of um, uh, future projects and whatnot and other exciting things. I've been working on this series called Bracket Breakdown. Um, I should have more information on that soon in a production post, which I'm a little behind on, sorry. Um, and basically, as I'm working on individual seasons for that show, it's not like a, it's not like a show, but the show, uh, I, my head starts immediately thinking about the next seasons or whatnot. Let me make sure I'm not getting too far from the question. Feel about creative blocks. Right. So I feel like that has been a big form of, of creative blockage for me is just, um, being too attached to too many projects. Um, that said, what I found usually helps me with that <laughs> to kind of bring this full circle is um, for one to stay on top of things, in order for me to stay on top of things, um, I tend to surround myself with other creators. I tend to, uh, most of my side projects end up being collaborative because of that. Uh, so like Bracket Breakdown, it's going to have four other people, right? Um, if I have other people who are also interested in the project with me, then even if it's the same workload for myself, um, just the thought process of having other people hold on to ideas for me, right? Because uh, I'll have an idea, I'll voice it out to the, the people I'm collaborating. Now they've got it lock and key too. And I guess it keeps it bound in reality in a sense, because it's not only something that more people know about, but it's also something that I can now communicate about with other people. So every time I talk to them, that's another common ground for us to have a conversation for since of coming up a lot. Um, so honestly, with creative block, you also feel like some dependency on other people, right? If you do collaborative stuff, you feel like, oh, I, I need to own up to this because I got other people involved. That helps a ton too. Um, I'm not going to lie. That knowing that like other people want to do this as well, it's like, okay, well, I got to do well for them too. You know, this isn't just about me now. So I would say um, when it comes to solo projects, I can't do much more than Pat's creative podcast. Even that's not entirely solo because I get the guests on here, but like the clips and stuff like that, you know, I edit everything. So um that's about as much as I could go with just myself. Um, so I started these other collaborative projects and that's how I kind of keep them going. With regards to stopping in the middle of a project with without it being another idea or something like that, um, honestly, there's no easy solution. And I know pretty much any other person might say something similar to this, but you just, you got to keep working at it. You got to, you got to, you don't have to keep working on that project specifically. Feel free to take a break on something else and work on a different kind of medium. You just don't want to break too long because if you break too long, then you're likely to kind of forget that you have inspiration for that project. I don't think you ever fully lose it, but you might forget it for a while and that makes it harder to jump back in. But exercising different creative muscles definitely gives you time to then later come back and conceptualize on things. Just similar to like when you, when you sleep on a paper. I don't know if you, if you wrote a paper in school and like, wow, this is a really good paper and you're up until like 4 a.m. writing it, you're like this is an incredible paper. Um, and then you and then you like get halted at a certain point. You can't write anymore. Your brain is just shuts down. You're like, what else am I supposed to write for this? And then you go to sleep, you wake up the next day and just proofread it. And then as soon as you're proofreading, you're like, oh, obviously this is what I got to do, right? Having that kind of refresh, it's similar, uh, similar with other projects because even if you just take... Uh, 
take just like a couple hours off of your project and work on something else, exercise a different creative muscle. Sometimes even just drawing. Um, sometimes you could try uh, writing if you previously were editing or whatnot. Um, what I like to do, I'm a fan. I, I participate in the occasional video game or two, right? I know, guilty as charged. Um, one game that I've played for a very long time is, of course, Minecraft. And Minecraft is a very creative game for me. Uh, so that kind of becomes my like, okay, let me exercise my creative muscles in a different way. And I'll build some buildings on the, on, on Minecraft. And, uh, then when I come back, I feel a little bit more refreshed because my brain is not tied to the simple idea of like, how do I get past this roadblock? How do I solve the solution? It's had time to simmer. Right. And then a lot of times I find like, uh, the solution will be either right in front of me or it's like, I wasn't really a problem to begin with. Right. So just giving yourself space, but constantly working, constantly exercising something in your brain because it, it's still a problem-solving machine. So I just recommend trying out other mediums for a bit. Um, but of course, taking breaks. Uh, taking complete breaks is fine too. I wish I could give something you know, more informational than, than that, because that's what a lot of people say, but that's the truth of it. You just kind of got to power through it. But I hope the collaborative stuff is still something that um, you can find useful. What sort of lasting impression do you hope your work will have on other people? Okay, so it depends on the kind of content, right? Um, I do a lot of these podcasts, and in these podcasts, really my goal ultimately is just make people think about these things, right? I feel like as creators, it's really easy to dismiss the everyday stuff that we go through, but by bringing on other creators and asking them about their specific processes, uh, you know, we can then compare our own values to them and contrast them and see where we've experienced the same things and where we've experienced the opposite things. And it ultimately gives us both an understanding as to what we feel about as well as what they feel about. Right. Um, and that's, and that's pretty much what I want to do. I just want to share experiences of artists so that we can kind of explore this field of creation together and get a better, better understanding for each other. Uh, so that's kind of the impression I want to have. I just want it, I want people to think about this stuff. It's stuff that's so easy to do without thinking about so many people make YouTube videos without even thinking about it. <laughs> you know, they're just like, Boom, it's up. Um, I, I don't know. I just, there's so much to think about and I just want people to think about it. That's honestly, that's pretty much what I want from this, uh, from this podcast. With regards to other things, um, like, you know, Let's Plays or other projects, just projects of interest, uh, part of me just wants to, to give people a little bit of um, an escape, if you will. You know, uh, I very much appreciate escapism art. And uh, if I have the ability to kind of, provide the same uh, escaping place for other viewers, then I feel like I've done my job. So I try to do that through means of just um, trying to be interesting, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's the ultimate way to get people engaged, right? Is to be interesting. Um, so I try to make interesting projects. I talk about things that I'm passionate about and things that you might be passionate about uh, so that maybe we can make uh, uh, reality a little bit tamer for just a couple of minutes, right? Um, it's just something that I definitely crave and I lean on is escapism art. Uh, so with regards to comedy and whatnot, that's what I'm truly aiming for. And even with things like creative ideology, you know, we're not talking about heavy, the heavy hitting, uh, portions of life or anything like that. You know, it's, it's kind of supposed to be a little bit of an escape from that. And instead just look your eyes towards something that you can always appreciate, which is art. Um, so I think that's what, that's the kind of impression I want to leave on other people with my work basically. Um, who do you define as a visionary? That one's kind of a tough one because I don't keep tabs on a lot of, uh, 
artists themselves, I have a bad habit of focusing on the work that they create. The only artists that I know a ton about personally are the ones that I bring onto the show. And that's partially why I did this is so I could know them personally. Cause it's not that I don't want to, um, but also with any artist, you know, with their level of popularity, it's a lot of times in their interest to not be super personal uh, in, in the public eye. And it's not always the easiest uh, ability. It's not always the easiest a thing to talk to them about so um <laughs> with regards to work being made this is this is a weird question i was not prepared for this uh there's some channels that i see if i i'll talk about youtube realm specifically because that's that's where i'm more acquainted uh there's this channel recent there's this channel known as video game donkey uh it's a obviously a video gaming channel that's uh has I guess Jason, known as Dunkey, in it. He's very funny, very comedic person. But also recently he started something very fascinating. Uh, he released a video just saying, I'm done making good videos. Now, the entire thing was satirical. It uh, was He's basically saying that, you know, he edits and scripts videos and whatnot. Uh, and then other channels that don't work so hard on videos will surpass in broader attention through many a big extent. So he says, all right, no, I'm changing up the game daily uploads uh what we're going to do is uh all like let's plays right playing the most popular of games that are being played right now and stuff like that um he so he starts this whole sequence i don't know when it's going to end because it's still going on but he starts the sequence of like everyday uploads of all of which are just parroting the 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 very easy form of content creation that some other people are making right now and make it popular now i i don't dock on that I, I don't I don't dog <laughs> on that kind of content creation. I have nothing against um you know people who upload let's plays every day. I mean I upload a lot of let's plays too, right? Uh I don't have even against people who don't put a lot of work in their videos. I understand that if the audience is watching it then there's a place for that in art, right? Um that said, uh Donkey is just very good at drawing attention on specific trends and um giving while also giving appreciation for other artists who uh who have to work pretty dang hard to, to get their attention out there. Right. Um, and he has just such a mass following. So to see someone of that size, uh, make videos talking about such a reoccurring thing in the, in the YouTube realm, it's very fascinating. Uh, it's kind of weird calling him a visionary just because he's so comedic up front. But honestly, um, he definitely has a big handle on just the YouTube scene in general and what people are interested in, uh, what YouTube wants you to make and what uh, creators uh, what creators make when they clearly don't want to make. Right. So I don't know. Just being able to draw attention on that and kind of prosper off of it. I feel like that's similar to what art visionaries do. Right. We're talking about YouTube, though. It's a little bit smaller scale than just the art field in general. But that's a tough question. So. I will, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Um, <clears throat> please, de please describe your state of mind when you are creating something. Huh, that's fascinating. Okay, so when I'm creating something, I feel like I'm constantly doing what I'm doing now, but in my head. Just constantly talking in my head about ideas or exploring realms or whatnot. Uh, even while I'm editing videos, I will, I will be subconsciously trying to get the cleanest cut of something or trying to get something to look right. But in my actual consciousness, I'll be having a conversation with myself just about different aspects of creation. 
um, talking about like different things I could have said here or things that other people have said, like, is my opinion on this game actually warranted or uh, am I crazy on that front? Or I'll start thinking like, oh, here's a point I could make next time I, I address this kind of game or something. Um, or here's something I could say on the podcast later. It's that's it's just that. I mean, it's literally what I'm doing now, except for it's all happening in my head. And because it's happening in my head, I'm able to kind of multitask and edit while I do that. But I, I'm not able to I'm not able to edit while I film a podcast, surprisingly. Um, not something I'm able to do. So I would say, honestly, that it's not like a case of um, like Zen, I would say. It's not like I'm completely just dozed out while I focus on it. Um, I'm definitely thinking about a lot of different things, uh, mostly in the creative realm. I think editing has just kind of become relatively subconscious. It still takes a long time, and I'm not saying I'm great at it, but it has become a little bit like, oh, it's just on the back burner while my head my head is in a movie theater right now, thinking about a certain movie or something like that. I don't know. Um, how do you want people to remember you? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm happy with people knowing me in the now. I I don't necessarily need to be remembered when I'm when uh when when time moves on. Um uh do you believe that it is important to be accepted by others as being creative or just doing what you love to do enough to justify your work? Well, okay. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I I think I don't think you're necessarily creating art if you don't have the second part of the conversation which is the audience. I think if you are not creating for other people, it loses its definition of art in a sense, just because I do think that art is communication. That's that's every time I break this down, that's what it comes down to. Art is uh, a message being shared from someone to someone else. And if you take away that one factor, I have a hard time in my head justifying it as art under like most circumstances. Right. Um, That said, you could definitely make something and aesthetically appreciate it or whatnot. Um, and if it's just entirely for yourself, then it's just entirely for yourself. But using the logic of like, if a tree falls in the forest uh, and didn't make a sound, did it actually happen? It's like, if you're not, if no one's going to see your art, can it actually be considered art? Because if we break it down even further, art, the definition of art, definitions, right? Definitions are made up socially. Between a, a, a lot of people, we make definitions that we then use uh, uh, to under, use to understand whatever it's defining. So, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with it. I know where I'm going. It's just crazy that I'm going this way. Okay, so if you take away that, uh, if you take away the social aspect of art, if you take away the the objective means of what art is, and you go entirely based off of yourself, you're making something for yourself then you are socially detached from the definition as well. And if you socially detach the definition, then is it even defined anymore? Because things are just defined by a, a collaborative understanding of things. Um, and that's why I, have a, just, I just have a hard time seeing that as art. Where even was this question? Well, I don't know. What were we talking about? Uh, is it accepted to be other? Okay, yeah. So, and with that said, I do think... So I think it's important that you make it for somebody. Um, that's pretty much the only extent that I think it is important. I don't care if you make it so that they like it. I don't think it's important uh, that you specifically make it so they don't like it. What matters is that you make it for somebody. I think that's what makes it art. And that's where it can be really appreciated is your message that you're giving to other people. I, I like, I'd like to think that art should be genuine. 
I'd like to think that art should still be a message that you are actually wanting to share. Um, even with, you know, parodies and things that go completely opposite of what you think it's to draw attention specifically on the message that they're trying to share. Right. So the best of art always has your own message. Um, that said, oh my gosh, this is such a tough question. I feel like I was not prepared for these, for these, uh, whatever college this is question. Um, or is just doing what you love enough to justify your own work? Honestly, yes, though. That justifies anything. If you love creating, then that justifies it. That's that's what the bottom line is, regardless of whether or not it's considered art. I do recommend you create for somebody because uh, that's the only way you can really get your message across is if you actually send the message to somebody else. Um, and that's what's important to me personally. But um, if you enjoy creating things, even if nobody sees it, nobody appreciates it, nobody likes it, obviously that's still justification enough to do it. Um, my whole channel is probably evidence of me feeling that way. Okay. Jeez, <laughs> um, we are almost 40 minutes in. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move on to the next question. I'm definitely not getting through 150, just, just so we're clear. That was never the plan. Okay. Uh, what do you do to enhance your creativity? Um, I don't really like that question. Let's continue. <laughs> it seems like it's going to have a boring answer. Who or what inspires your creative urges? Um, yeah, so the what in there, I'll start with the what. Um, what inspires my, my creative urges is just uh, the, the need to express my thoughts and feelings on particular aspects. Um, if those aspects didn't exist, I don't feel like I would really have that need. I wouldn't have the need to respond to something. When I see a movie or play a video game or do anything else that I appreciate, um, my instant urge is I have to express why I appreciate this to at least somebody, somebody out there, uh, friends and family who know me will know that, uh, I will, I will right now, right now I just got into Hamilton, right? They added it to Disney plus this year. Never saw it before. I know way late, but now I watched it and I'm listening to soundtrack over and over again because I absolutely love it. Um, and no one in my direct family has seen it. And it's become very difficult to talk about how much I appreciate it because they haven't seen it yet. And the last thing I want to do is crumble their experience or even alter their experience just based on on my ramblings of it, right? Especially if they're not looking for a review, you know? Uh, so all that to say, what even was the question? This is such a weird podcast. Uh, yeah, so things that I want to talk about, that's the what. As regards to who... It's honestly just other creators on the platform, um, other creators that are near me too. I get so much inspiration from uh, um, talking to Talon Stradley, as uh, I'm sure you guys know. Um, he, uh, he he's just one of those creative individuals who I could talk to about uh, talk to talk to about stuff for just hours and hours and hours, and then afterwards be like, I just need to create like right now because. Um, it's just talking to someone else who fully appreciates it, who appreciates art creation um, and who fully practices it as well. Uh, it's just great. Tal and I have always been friends for the longest of times, um, but it's absolutely tremendous that we both happen to be very creative people because that would definitely, you know, we didn't meet because of creation. So uh, I would say definitely just close friends like that, but also people I bring on um, the show, they're always crazy inspiring. Um, like I just every I'll always find this like like this big tidbit uh, from one of those episodes and you could probably see it in my facial expression where I'm just like, dang, that's that was a good piece of information that'll get me inspired. 
Um, then of course people I don't meet to, you know, there's just a lot of creators out there. Other creators inspire me basically. Um, I, I know it's not a super specific answer, but it is the answer. Okay. How much of your creative ability do you think is innate or is your creative skill, uh, or is your creativity a skill that you developed? I'm not sure if I entirely believe in innate creativity. Well, with regards to more innate creativity than what other people have. Um, similar to, to, uh, uh, talents, right? The idea of, of being naturally good at something from when you start or naturally, uh, creative to build certain things. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily believe in that. I haven't done research in that kind of psychology or anything, or I guess biology, biology, psychology. I don't know. I'm not an expert in those fields. Right. I, but I do think that interest is what draws in skill. I think, um, a lot of people who are very very skilled in the creative field from early on is just because they happen to fuel that interest early on and not necessarily because they were born an artist, right? Or born a really good artist. So if a, if a toddler's going around painting pictures um, and they happen to be really good, I think that's mostly just a case of he happened to get that interest early on. How he got that interest early on? I mean, shoot, if you're a toddler, like there's not much to do, right? So you you just you pick up something and then it ends up being your interest. He just happened to pick up a pencil and paper or something like that, right? Um, this is all me saying without understanding any of the science uh, before it. So uh, I don't think my creativity is innate. I think I've definitely built it up. But not only is it not innate, it's not something that I have been entirely focused on until the latter half of my current life, which is not very much, right? Um, I would say it was around the, I, I definitely always like liked the idea of creating. I created comics way back, uh, when I was younger with Talon, actually, of course. Um, and, uh, the idea of creating was always good, but the, the, the creations themselves were not something I was super, super invested in. I would say it was just the idea of creating. And to be fair, what am I doing right now? Just talking about the idea of creating, right? So I guess it does, I guess, I guess. Well, I've always been relatively creative. I just didn't fully acknowledge it until I was um, uh, the age of 14 or so. And that's that's when I, of course, started YouTube. And that's really what started the the rolling ball of like, oh, shoot, I'm actually an artist. That's kind of crazy. I didn't want to, I would never say I was an artist uh, at the age of uh, freaking 10 or younger, right? Because at the time, my idea of what an artist meant was just someone who can draw or someone who can paint, someone who can color with crayons, and because I could not do that, I was not good at any of those formal physical art fields, uh, partially because I wasn't super interested in them because interest drives skill, basically. Uh, because of that, I thought, like, I'm not an artist. So it's not it's it, it's not innate, but I've definitely been creating for a long time, even back with comics and stuff. And I remember creating narratives with my with my brothers uh, just by picking different like using different characters in video games, creating our own narratives from it. I played with action figures and I would make narratives from the action figures. Right. So in a way, I was always creating. I didn't acknowledge my creative side, though, until I was around 14, I'd say. <laughs> OK. Um, if you were our president, what would your first order of business to be? That's not that's not a creative question. Come on, guys. <laughs> that's it's a very very specific political question. Um, do you feel that you chose your passion or did it choose you? Um, this is kind of what I was already talking about. I I definitely chose my passion through. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, my my personality probably affected my passion a little bit because personally, I'm not an entirely social dude. So when I'm left alone for periods of time, you got to find ways to entertain yourself, right? And one of those ways was just uh, opening up the computer, um, like filming myself and editing the video or something like that. Sometimes I did animating. Uh, I even worked on music mixing for a little bit, just some kind of digital form to entertain myself. Uh, so in that regards, uh, I would say the passion kind of chose me a little bit because of the personality wise sticking with YouTube specifically was definitely my choice for the last seven years. I didn't ever felt like I had to, it was literally a case of this is something I desperately want to do, but I guess maybe that's what it means by the question. I don't know. Kind of a weird question. Moving on. Uh, uh, do you critique your own work? Explain. Um, I have a a relatively small case of critiquing my work far too late, <laughs> where I will critique it um, about six months later. I bet if I rewatch some of the clips today of my very first podcast, I'd probably be critiquing it. Um, but with regards to when it's in the editing bay, I think I've just gotten so comfortable with like, well, this is just how I good how good at edit I am right now. And because I got so comfortable with it, I haven't felt a ton of need to critique whatever I'm saying or whatever I'm working on because I feel like everything is just representative of the time that I'm going through and what I've learned thus far. That said, I never work backwards. I never start doing things worse and think like, um, and and just continue on a downward slope of of quality and and ideas and whatnot. I would like to think I'm always getting better, right? And because of that, having that kind of safety net, I don't feel the need to critique things as much while I'm making it. But I do later then critique it, thinking like, oh, I wish I changed something here or there. But like that's just the nature of looking back at old stuff. So I would say I have a relatively healthy outlook with regards to critiquing my own work. Um. What is creativity to you? Do you consider yourself to be creative? All right, I'll answer this quickly because it's not a great question. Uh, yeah, creativity, it's, it's, if you just, it's just a form of expression. It's just a way of getting your voice out there, basically. Um, uh, do I consider myself a creative person? Yes, uh, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you always like the end result of your creative process? Um. For the most part, for the most part, as I mentioned earlier, um, I don't critique myself as much when I'm working on things, but there has been a couple times every once in a while where something I'll get really far into a project and by the end of it, I'm just like, I just don't think this is good. And then I've, I've scrapped it before. Um, there's been a couple of like let's plays that I've made that just completely, uh, never, never seen the light of day. Cause I just feel like this just, it's not, it's not going to work out. I don't think. And it's been a couple like thumbnails where I'll, I'll spend hours working on a thumbnail and think like, I need to just start from scratch. Like this isn't turning out how I want it to. Um, I tend to get lost in thumbnail making, but uh, for the most part, I would say uh, I, uh, I, what was the question? Uh, do you always like the end result? Yeah. For the most part, I, I do. For the most part, I'm, I'm proud of what I produce. Um, very, if, if, if it comes to a point where I'm not proud of something, it won't see the light of day. Right. So, and that only happens every dark moon or so. Like it, it's not very common. So, Yes, I would say so. Uh, what has been your greatest sacrifice that you have made for your craft? Sacrifice, geez, that's kind of a, a dark one. Um, oof. I have definitely sacrificed a lot of opportunities to be interested in other things because of creating. Um, 
like I there's there's so many activities and and fun events that a lot of my uh, direct circle are very interested in that I have um, essentially chosen to not be interested in by choosing to be interested in something else. Even if it comes to like something similar to what I like, like board games. I do like board games. Don't get me wrong. But um, a lot of the people in my direct circle really, really, really like board games. And uh, because I chose to be interested in some other things, uh, I just naturally didn't get as far in board games as them when, you know, in another life I definitely could have. Um, but also like, parties i i i just i not only sacrifice parties i sacrifice my want to go to parties i just i don't want to do it anymore i just don't i don't i don't like parties i just really don't um i i wouldn't mind liking them but i feel like creating has kind of sacrificed that for me uh because it's like i get i get so i don't know i I would just basically always rather be creating something pretty much always anytime i'm at a party i'm always like man you know what i'd rather just be like editing a video right now or something I, and I feel like, I don't know, because I, I, I don't dislike people. I socially, I socially enjoy people's company many times. Um, and had I n- never created, I probably would enjoy it a lot more just because I'd, I'd do it more. Uh, but I don't have the time to get interested in things like that. So I guess socially a bit of a sacrifice. Uh, not something I necessarily advocate other people doing. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that's as good as an answer I'm going to get. Uh, that's a tough question though. <laughs> it's so hard to remember where I was. Do you think people uh, are born with creativity? Or do they learn it? I already talked about that. Which of your creations gives the most pride slash satisfaction? Definitely 100% um, uh, the marathons that we do. The annual marathons we do with KCOR. Hopefully we're doing another one in 2021. We're still working out the logistics with everything, you know, being 2020 and all. Uh, but those, those marathons, it's, it's not necessarily something I'm super proud of what we create, but just being able to see a community like that get together to contribute towards something so much bigger than themselves and myself and bigger than whatever project that we're working on, bigger than us slapping each other with fishes or putting whipped cream on each other. Like it's something that's so much more important than that we just happen to be goofballs who ask people to get together to do it. And then really it's the power of the generosity between every individual person that's able to make such a difference with their donations. The amount that we've raised uh, is absolutely astonishing and humbling every time I even think about it, because it really, it really shows uh, like the good side of so many people in a community, you know, the good things about having a community of people and, and, uh, people who have similar interests, the power of collaboration uh, between all the people who donated. It's just crazy. And it just shows that shows exactly what can be done as opposed to just what you would try to do by yourself. If I just tried to do that entirely by myself with no community and no friends helping me, I would not be able to do nearly as much as that. Right. So that's always just incredibly humbling. It's more of a pride for the community though and less for what we do we're just a bunch of goofballs who turn the camera on for 24 hours right and just do bonkers stuff um but i don't know just our the general the amount we've been able to raise and the the idea that they've all been successful and just on the production end they're tough to like they're you know that a lot goes into it and there's a lot of things that can go wrong and when you compare the amount of things that have gone wrong to the amount of things that 
haven't gone wrong somehow. It's always amazing to me to think that we actually pulled it off. Um, I say goofballs in front of camera. It's not like it's easy necessarily to do, but also the credit obviously goes to the people donating. Um, and that's always the most humbling part. So definitely the marathons is the thing that gets me the most pride. Um, everything after that, honestly, I'm just, I'm so into it that like they all pretty much even out the podcast episodes, hanging out with friends and playing games, uh, talking about movies or video games. Like it all, it's all just peak interest for me. Right. So those all reach around the same level of pride, I'd say. Um, okay. <laughs> How do you go about evaluating your creative product? Uh, let's skip that. I already talked about that a little bit. What other persons do you consider to be creative and why? Yeah, so I've already talked about Talon. Talon is definitely a very creative individual. Most of my friends are creative in their own ways. Um, and I feel like that's something that might be more interesting to talk about. My friend Owl, he's um, super creative, like in the formal ways specifically. Uh, and everything from uh, his desk setup to his his desktop setup, like in his monitor and stuff. And um, his paintings, his ceramics. And it's, it's he's the most creative uh, formal artist I've had the pleasure of knowing. Um, and that's always so inspiring because I feel like that's where I lack. I lack a lot in the formal qualities. I can, I can spew bull crap out of my mouth for an hour straight, like twice a month. Right. But when it comes to like this physical craft and, and making something with your hands or whatnot, it's always just so fascinating me, uh, that he's able to do it so flawlessly. Um, so he's definitely another creative individual and someone who's just, um, tremendous at what he does. Um, and, you know, pretty much any of my other, the other people I collaborate all have such creative strengths that it's, it's admirable. Uh, and that's also, you know, that's the reason I, I collaborate with them so much. Right. So pretty much, you know, the Kate core guys, uh, Tom Peeler from a cast of the past, uh, as well as his, uh, other host, Josh, they're both incredible creative individuals as well. Um, and I could just go on, but honestly, you know, I feel like I talk about them so much. You guys already know them, but feel free to look up any of the people I mentioned. Um, okay. We're running out of time pretty soon here. Let's see if we can knock out a couple more. Uh, it's so hard to remember where I was. What was the biggest opposing force you encountered on your creative journey? Already talked about that. Uh, how would you like to be remembered? Already talked about how I didn't want to talk about that. Um, when embarking on a project, do you plan to do you plan pre-plan your entire endeavor or do you simply follow where your instructions take you when embarking on a new project? Do I go where the pre-plans I plan about probably 80% of my projects. I, I plan it out pretty, pretty heavily. The only things I usually don't plan out is what I say. If I'm saying something in a microphone, very rarely is it a script these days, just because I feel almost more comfortable without one, um, which I've mentioned before. Uh, so, but with regards to more formal elements, like the format of whatever it is I'm starting or the, uh, the, uh, camera angles or the, the, uh, people involved or how long it's going to be, or just the, like the, if it's a game, the rules of the game, right? Like that kind of stuff I plan out to a T I will write out paragraphs and paragraphs and send it to whoever I'm collaborating with being like, okay, these are the parameters or whatnot. That's the kind of stuff I plan out a lot. And as also scheduling times, most of my recording times, especially these days, are like entirely scheduled. Um, Caleb and I, we stream every week on KCore. That's something that's just set up there, right? It's not like we just have to be called like, hey, let's just stream right now. You know, it's like 
it's easier for us to both work around if there's a set schedule for it. Um, KCOR sometimes has some lenient, like, oh, we just have a bill be on call. Why don't we record this? But honestly, for the most part, everything I do is scheduled. So I'd say that's all the 80%. Um, once the microphone's in front of me, who knows what kind of crap I'm going to say, right? Uh, and that's where the other 20% comes in, I would say. Uh, even if I have certain ideas that I want to talk about how I get there, it's usually improvised. I don't have a big process of that. Trust me, these podcasts would be much better if they were scripted. I can guarantee you that. As if they were scripted by someone who knows how to write scripts. Okay. Uh, what or who has been your biggest inspiration? Uh, next. What do you intend to achieve through your work? Uh, next. Do you think that creativity involves putting your heart and soul into your work? Or is it more just letting your mind flow freely to witness the surprising results of your actions? Wow. That was a good one. A couple doozies followed by a home run. <laughs> I really like that question. Do you think create? Do you think that creativity involves putting your heart and soul into your work? Or is it more letting your mind freely witness the surprising results of your actions? I think letting your mind roll already is kind of putting your heart into your work, right? Unless you're saying things that's disingenuous to how you feel, which I don't. I genuinely don't think I do at the very least. Uh, with regards to like heart and soul, I think it kind of means like working really hard towards something. I don't think you necessarily have to work something um, really hard in order for it to be creative, but I do think being genuine to yourself um, definitely helps with creativity a lot. So <laughs> letting your mind flow freely to witness the surprising results of your actions. I love the wording of that because that's what podcasts feel like to me. Um, I will sometimes write down questions. I will always write down questions for uh, podcast guests. And then so many times I just won't read them. And I'll, I'll, cause the, 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 the flow of the conversations is so important to me and the surprises that happen in it. Like that's what intrigues me. That's where the interest comes in. So I definitely embrace that quite a bit. So I'd say it's a little bit of both answers. Um, yeah, I would say a happy medium between the two, but I really like the question. I especially like how it's worded. Uh, people regard you as a creative person. Do you agree? <laughs> I'm tired of answering if I'm a creative person. I am. Has your creativity uh, changed statistically as you have matured? If it has changed, please explain how. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. So I, I already talked about like some of the ways I've stayed motivated uh, through just learning my own extents of my abilities. But another way that it's kind of matured is is just where my interests lie in general. Um, I know people often assume or associate maturity with like specifically not playing games and watching movies right um because the, there's that like lingering idea of it being a waste of time or something like that i don't necessarily subject uh i don't necessarily uh agree with that particular stance uh but how i appreciate art has definitely matured as i have also matured um just as simple as being okay that there's differing opinions. I had to learn that step one. That was like the first step. Like, okay, other people get different opinions than you. Cool. Once I learned that, understanding um, the difference between between appreciating things based on principle and appreciating things because you feel appreciation towards them. So many times my approach to deductive uh, critique with, with art was um, – it's like this because this was that in this case scenario. Like it's a lot of cross-referencing of it has to be this way because this was also this way. And it left no room for whatever um, entertainment factor that I truly just felt about a project. If I was watching a movie and genuinely enjoyed it, I would deduct all the parts of it and be like, oh, uh, I'm wrong about enjoying this. Like this is just a bad movie. And it's like, 
that's not exactly how it works, right? If you, if you actually appreciate something, if there's something you actually enjoy, there's always a reason for it. You might not know how to articulate it at first, but there is always a reason that you enjoy something. And that's what you have to explore. You have to ultimately, instead of breaking down all bullet points of individual aspects of a movie or a video game or something, what you actually have to do, you have to tailor in, you have to figure out you got to go to an emotional level. <laughs> you got to break it all the way down to its emotion. Say, why do I have this emotion for this movie? Why do I feel this way? That's how you deduct art. You got to find your response to it and why you have that response. And I feel like that's that's something that helped me mature creatively uh, was just getting a hand on that. So many things, so many movies I've talked about um, and just thought bullet points, this is why it's good or bad. And that's, and that's it. And I didn't leave any room for my actual feeling factor in it. And feeling is so important. Feeling is, is <laughs> arguably uh, how you, how you react to a movie or a piece of art is like 50% of importance while the other 50% is just what the person says. Right. So I basically didn't leave room for that. Um, I now fully understand that uh, my emotional response to something is what dictates my own appreciation level so it has to have a plain factor in things that i de de uh deconstruct basically so i would say in that front yes i've matured a lot in that front and then of course just understanding differing opinions um oh another thing i would say is that arguing learning learning the importance the the actual importance of arguing which is to not change people's minds it's to not have them agree with whatever your understanding is it's entirely to explore their perspective while also articulating your own because once both perspectives are known it helps you then explore other people's perspectives for other movies and open your levels of appreciation i always say movies just because that's my go-to for critique but uh any art field right um understanding other people's perspectives makes it easier to appreciate uh different parts of art and ultimately isn't that why we're all here that's why i'm here at least i want to appreciate art that's i i want to i really want to so those are the things i've, I've kind of creatively matured and i would say all right i think we got time for like one more is there a creative work of another person that is your favorite if there is please subscribe that one's tough because i can't really choose creative work over like uh through different mediums you know i can't really have a favorite piece of art that transcends videos and, and sculptures and like i have to have some kind of categorizing for them because it's i'm not i'm not quite just quite talented enough to um uh articulate my appreciation across different genres um okay so we'll skip it <laughs> uh what do you do to get into your creative zone um yeah, to get into my creative zone, uh, it's so easy to just want to play games or just watch movies or just talk to friends and stuff instead of actually creating. How I get in my creative zone is I think like, okay, what is one like piece of busy work I can do before I actually start creating? What is something else productive I can do before I get into creative production? Because Creative stuff only ever sounds like not fun to me when I have the purest form of wasting time. <laughs> not even wasting time, but just the purest form of like, I want to entertain myself instead of other people. That's the only time when creating doesn't sound fun to me. If I then compare it to some other busy work, something else that uh, like cleaning or organizing, if I just do that, I'll be excited to create after because like, oh, finally, I don't have to freaking clean or organize anymore, you know? 
So um, honestly, I do that quite a bit. I'll think like, okay, yeah, just, uh, just, uh, you know, clean up your dishes real quick, um, organize certain things, wind up, wind up any game controllers that you still have out. You start doing some of that like busy work and whatnot, you'll be excited to start producing because uh, it's way more fun than the busy work, right? Or homework. Anytime it's like, oh, okay, well, I, homework needs to be done, right? So let's just bang out like a couple assignments real fast and then I'll be ready to start working on things. Um, sometimes you overdo it though. Sometimes you do too much busy work to the point where you need a break. But in general, uh, I'd say that's how I go on. That's one of the helpful things about being in school and creating is that um, you feel so ready to create when you're not doing uh, work. So that's always been kind of nice. Okay, it is getting extremely hot in this Christmas sweater, partially regretting myself putting this on. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this podcast. I know it's kind of a strange one. Um, I don't do solo podcasts super often because of that. Uh, in the future, I'd like to pull audiences again. I did this for the second episode and, uh, where I addressed everyone's creative struggles. You can always check that out uh, in the backlog if you want. Um, so I might do that again at some point, uh, with a different topic so that I have a little bit more to work off instead of like some questions that are really good, some that aren't as good. Um, that said, Feel free to give me your responses to any of these questions in the comments below. And also feel free to look up this website on your own. Um, I'll provide a link to it in the description so you can also check out the, the list of questions. A lot of them repeat each other because it's made by a bunch of different students, I believe. Uh, but I still thought, for the most part, uh, there's a lot of interesting ones. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we'll get some guests coming up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, no promises as to who's next because last time I made a promise, uh, it didn't it didn't work out because of scheduling conflict. So I don't want to say anything else now, but hopefully. There'll be some very entertaining podcasts coming down the line a little bit late on mini reviews and post-production posts or production posts. I mean, uh, that's my bad. Just, uh, you know, I, I just finished finals recently, so time was kind of catching up to me a little bit, but I'll hopefully have those out soon and be back on track. And, uh, wow, I guess, I guess we won't see each other again until the new year, 2021, a new chapter. Maybe, maybe it's going to be the same chapter it, to be quite frank. 2020 might just be a really long chapter chapter and that's okay you know it's we'll manage we'll manage uh so see you on the other side all right that's what i'll do uh thank you guys so much for uh watching and supporting of course i appreciate it and uh i'll see you guys next time so long